How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 148 of How About That Cigar Live. We are so grateful to have you guys with us, as always, live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for listening while you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcasts. Thank you for making How About That Cigar a part of it. And as always, here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, let's talk about the beautiful new Drew Estate Acid 20 Connecticut, a smooth, mellow, sweet, and aromatic Acid 20 Connecticut Toro, and it features a stately Connecticut shade wrapper, flavorful Indonesian binder, and bold Nicaraguan filler tobaccos resulting in an extraordinary and exceptional smoking experience. The Acid 20 Connecticut is a 6x54 Toro, all chromed out in 20-count boxes with an MSRP of $10.75 per cigar, now available to all premium tobacco retailers. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, uh, Garrett is coming to us from an undisclosed remote location, but, I mean, it's not secret. You can share where you're coming from. I could tell you. Then. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, I'm grateful to be at the Byron Cigar Lounge in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, beautiful, beautiful lounge and retail center here, and um, it's awesome. Nice. Um, so we, uh, all of us actually, including uh, Justin, the whole HBCT, HBTC <laughs> team, I'm so tired. I'm still exhausted. We just got back last night from the Great Smoke uh, in, uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida, and what an absolute glorious time we had. We want to give a huge shout out to Abe and Alex and the whole team at Smoke In. Uh, all the great friends that we have in the cigar business that we were able to see for a little while uh, while we were there. Uh, we shared a shared an Airbnb with Matt and Nicole from Smoking Tobacco and and just had a blast hanging out with them some more. And um, just a fantastic event that they put on there. Absolutely stellar. I can't imagine the amount of work that goes into putting that event on. Uh, so cheers to that entire team. And what a great time. What was your what was your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite part of the event, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> so, I mean, the event was great. The event was amazing. After the event, we went back to the Airbnb. We took a nap, little little snoozer, little and snooze. then we went to we went back to Boynton Beach, uh, yeah, or the Boynton location, and <clears throat> Alex and I played seven games of chess seven games wow that and i'll be honest that was my that was my favorite part is finding somebody who is like want to play again want to play again want to play it again because <laughs> that's how nerdy i am about chess and we we're smoking cigars and talking with some people and playing chess and <clears throat> but honestly you know the entire time was fantastic the people it's like a like I said, it's family reunion. Yeah. How about you? Um, I I can't. I should have had an answer prepared. Really, I um, I can't narrow it down to one particular thing. It was just, um, any time that that there's a relationship we already had that we can just get to know somebody a little better. 
I, I welcome those times. And that's why, whether it's the Great Smoke or one of the trade shows or some other event like that, where we can hang out with people more and get to know them better, that's that's what is meaningful to me. And, and I know it is to you guys as well. So, um, uh, and uh, I mean, getting to see Carlito again uh, was obviously a huge treat. Um, and, you know, any, anytime we can... Uh, hang out with him it's gonna you know gonna be a good time so that was that of course wonderful um i would also like to publicly apologize to my my hbtc crew for so the day of the event we get to the event and there's another story entirely at the beginning (laughs) of that part but uh there's this line to meet guy fietti Right. And, and we're kind of approaching it and it looks like he's about to get ready to go. I'm not sure. I decide since I'm cool, I'll go see Jack and see if we can get, you know, an, an introduction to to meet Guy Fiatti. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Jack, he's like, oh, hey, come around, come around. So I come around. I was like, hey, can you know, He's like, no, that would be too much. But hey, do you want to meet Guy? And I wasn't going to be like, no, if my boys can't come, then I'm not going to meet Guy. So I met Guy. I got a picture with him. And then Justin and Matt get right, just right about the time where they're about to meet Guy. And he's like, thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Deuces. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Anyway. Um, moving, <laughs> moving right along. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's no real sports stuff for us to catch up on. The wild have been losing and baseball still locked out. So that's pretty much it. It's, there's nothing to catch up on there. Uh, and I have, I, I just don't want to wait any longer to bring on our special guest. So I'm so, because we're so excited to talk to her. So. Yes. Let's bring on our special guest of the evening, guys. And as always, you know that special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's not wait one more second. Please, if you would, put your hands together and welcome to episode 148 of How About That Cigar Live from Dissident Cigars, Sin Coburn. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show with us this evening. Uh, Tell us, uh, as soon as we get started, tell us uh, where you're broadcasting from. And if you're enjoying a cigar with us, tell us what you're smoking. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to say where I'm broadcasting from because as you guys know, my internet has been like 
really bad tonight. So I'm actually coming from uh, Nicaragua in a little town called San Juan del Sur. So, uh, and yeah, and here our internet likes to go out all the time. Our power likes to go out, uh, both of which have gone out multiple times, especially in the past hour. So we'll see how good this goes. No, it's <laughs> but, all good. Uh, <laughs> to get through this time, I'm actually smoking a, a soapbox. So that's always, it's my go-to. So, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I have that in my hand usually. <laughs> nice. And it's all good. We, we talked about it before we went live and our, our viewers know that sometimes people come to us from places where, you know, the internet uh, isn't maybe as reliable as we're spoiled to have it. So if anything goes awry, we're going to roll with the punches. We will always be able to get you back on the show um you know after a little reconnect so it's no worries at all yeah. um and i am actually gonna fire up um actually before i we fire up and do the toast cam uh garrett is gonna actually ask you to select his cigar for him this evening yes oh, okay so <laughs> i have got an array of cigars i don't know if you've smoked any of these um but this is the selection i have for you to to choose from so we have got a Elbow Wednesday. Okay. The Live Man from Nick Melillo. Um, we've got a Southern Draw, Lancero, the Cedrus. We have the oh. Kintsugi. Nope. No. Or Nam no. Namakubi. Namakubi. <laughs> Dang it. Namakubi. <laughs> We've got the Opus X Forbidden and a Don Carlos Anniversario Double Robusto. Wow, nice. <laughs> well, know. you know what? I think I'm going to go with that Southern Draw only because that Vitola, for me personally, is my least favorite. So I'll watch someone else smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, Garrett is now mad at you because that's his favorite Vitola. It's <laughs> so funny because when you started saying and because that Vitola and I was about to, I, I thought I was about to hear you say it's my favorite Vitola and then you went the other direction and I was like yes yes <laughs> so this, I was just saying that like um that always feels like the Virginia Slims of cigars to me. So it just so weird, like holding <laughs> Oh. You have I no idea it. how much PSD you just gave me with Virginia Slims. <laughs> oh. That was, was my mom's cigarette. And oh my God. Back in the day, she would send me to the gas station to get her cigarettes when you could do that. Yeah, you used to be able to do that. I I made Couldn't many trips. Couldn't even do like Newport, where it made more sense for you, right? You had a, the Virginia Slims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna fire up um, uh, the Dissident Home 2021, uh, which our fabulous mm -hmm. producer Justin gave to me because I smoked all my Oveja Negra cigars and forgot to go to the shop today to pick up more. So uh, Justin was kind enough to gift me one of these just now. So I'm going to fire it up on our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. That's actually a great choice. 
When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sombra Mesa to Umbagab, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate your mood, and on any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Well done. Well done. All right. So let's jump right in here uh, after I get this little uh, little flyaway torn off. There we go. All right. Let's jump right in here. And as always, guys, uh, if you are watching right now live on Facebook and YouTube, please join the conversation. Let us know what you're smoking. Let us know what you're pairing it with. And if you have questions for sin, uh, along the way, please definitely put those in the comments. Um, uh, and you can do that on Facebook or YouTube. We can pop those right up on screen. Um, so one of the things that, uh, because on this show, we, you know, we are cigar nerds, but when it comes to the people that we bring on the show, like you, Sin, we we try to focus actually more on on the people than the cigars and and not that we're not going to talk about the cigars tonight because we totally will but um we, we just love hearing people's stories and finding out why people uh are part of cigars why they're part of the cigar community uh and kind of what brought them to you know point a in their life to where they are today um and you have a really compelling interesting backstory um so i know we're not going to be able to cover everything on the show tonight but Start by telling us a little bit about where you're originally from and then how that um, sort of led to you, you know, living in Nicaragua and becoming a part of the cigar community. Yeah, my gosh, I could I could write a whole book on that, starting from A to whatever. Um, So I'll try to, like, keep it in a nutshell. Um, but I was actually, I was raised in Detroit, Michigan. So I spent my whole childhood there. Um, I wasn't born there. I've actually lived in multiple places. Um, that was due to parents who were poor and struggling and whatnot. So, um, grew up in Detroit, Michigan, did my whole childhood thing that had, you know, a lot of issues with that, but, um, became a military wife. I was that for, um, 13 years, um, spent all my time at Fort Hood, Texas, um, Fort Hood is its own thing. <laughs> Once you get to Fort Hood, Texas, you don't leave Fort Hood, Texas. So I'll just, I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, and then um, I actually got a divorce and I have uh, four kids. So I was doing the single mom thing for, for many years. Um, but within that, um, you know, a lot of you know, I was in some abusive relationships and that led me down a certain path of starting my life as helping others, basically, you know, I didn't want to let anything bad that I've gone through, um, turn me into a sour person. You know, I wanted to make sure everything was, was a lesson and, uh, tools to help others. That's ultimately what I did with that. Um, so I spent, um, some time as a sexual assault and domestic violence advocate, um, really with, you know, like, women who have been raped and stuff, I'd I'd go to the hospital, sit with them. They'd have the ability to use me in court. So that way they were more comfortable, um, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I've, I've lived in, um, 
homeless shelters for abused women and children before. I've been homeless myself. So I have a lot um, under my belt. So uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I mean, I get to help other people with that. Um, but after doing that, I actually spent four years uh, running um, a boy's home for for boys who were court ordered to live there, um, they were, I don't know how much I can say with this, but um, they were part of the system essentially. And instead of going to jail, they were sent to my my group home um, and they would live in my group home for up to two years while we rehabilitated them. So I spent multiple years doing that. And then I switched to the elderly and um, the impaired so I started running a, um, I shouldn't say running, I managed um, an at-home company. So like any care for uh, people who would rather be in their homes instead of in a facility, I would help with the staff that would go into these places. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, I worked at a law firm helping uh, the elderly and um Ultimately, what led me to cigars is because as a single mom, um, you know, going through all these things, whether it's working with children um, who are part of the system or elderly or, or whatnot, I mean, even being a single mom, um, you know, it was a lot of stress that was put on me at all times. And I needed something to escape. I needed to be able to step away from my life and just sit down and relax and enjoy some me time and kind of reflect on the day. And so I didn't want to get into cigarette smoking or anything like that. So ultimately what I did was I was too scared to go into a cigar lounge. Um, so I went into a like convenience store thing and I was just kind of eyeing the cigars, had no idea what I was looking at. Don't know the brands, nothing like that, but I could just ask them, you know, like what's a good cigar to smoke. And of course these people didn't know what they were talking about either. They knew about liquor and everything else in their convenience stores. Um, but they handed me a few cigars and I took them home and, uh, just smoked them and. I couldn't tell you flavor profiles or anything, but I was able to sit on my porch and relax for that hour and breathe slow and just um, get rid of some stress and just some take some time for me. And so that's how I fell in love with cigars. Um, but it wasn't a regular thing for me at that point. It was just something that, you know, on random days I, I would have a cigar. Um, and then you fast forward with that, I ended up meeting Josh, who also loved cigars. And um, together, we fell in love with Black Label Trading Company. And um, that's when we really started paying attention to what we were smoking, what goes into a cigar, the flavor profiles, all that. And um, that led us to taking the factory tour in Nicaragua. And uh, so we came here and did the factory tour, um, fell in love with SLE, and then ended up um, taking a couple days and coming back to San Juan del Sur, which is where uh, the owners of Oveja Negra are from. They actually live in San Juan del Sur. So spent a couple of days here, fell in love with it. Um, so we decided we were going to take the kids on vacation here and then COVID hit. And so that didn't happen. And then all of a sudden the kids asked if they could move to Nicaragua. <laughs> so uh, that's what we did. So we've been here for almost a year now in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, which is about uh, four hours south of Esteli. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I encompassed a, a good portion of my life in like <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> 
No, that's great. And it's always a, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough question to be asked is to sort of sum your life up into a, a five minutes, uh, you know, uh, quick hits, you know, uh, uh, breakdown. And, uh-huh. um, but one of the things that I'm curious about, because anybody who goes through, um, you know, dark times in their life, um, Sometimes there's, when you look back on those dark times, um, and it can be like different separate seasons, like one season of, you know, a particular type of dark times and then another season of a different type of dark times. But was there, can, when you look back at, at the, the difficulties that you went through in any period in your life, can you look back and think of the one sort of, di- for lack of a better term, like defining moment where you said, I'm done with this, this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with feeling the way I'm feeling and, and being stuck in the person that everybody wants me to be kind of thing. And I'm just, I'm done. And I'm, I'm going to do this a different way from now on. Can you think back to that defining moment for you? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, obviously there was to some extent multiple things, but honestly, the, the biggest thing that hit home for me was, um, I was in an abusive relationship and I ended up having to witness a pretty gruesome suicide. And I realized in that moment, I had nobody to turn to for help and to cope with that. And I should have had somebody because I was in a relationship and, um, in fact, I got the opposite. Um, it was their decision to take the opportunity to treat me even more poorly. Um, and I realized at that point that I'm a one man wolf pack and that's okay. Um, I spent my whole life not liking that and thinking that there was something wrong with me and that I needed to have people in my life. And at that moment, I realized that's not the case. Like, I can get through this. I'm going to figure out my coping skills and I'm going to attack all this stuff on a soul level because that's truly the only way that you can do anything. Um, If we don't do that, then everything basically putting a Band-Aid on stuff and that just comes up through other ways, you know, whatever that may be. So it was it was definitely that was a very defining moment for me, um, realizing that. Uh, one, being in an abusive relationship, one of many, two, dealing with a suicide on my own, three, having to go home and still take care of kids, um, and four, also not having family to even turn to. So I realized it was just me and I better figure the shit out. So that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm sorry, Garrett, you were jumping in there. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, it, it never... I'm never, um, gosh, I don't even know how to put it into words. Uh, as somebody who's been in recovery for many years, um, after hearing stories of all kinds, um, I guess it, it's almost uh, an inspiring, I, I feel inspired or I feel um, um I don't know, almost grateful that you have, you know, that people have made it on, on this side of, of struggle. And that's not to minimize the continued 
uh, look back at scars and, and other things that continue to rear their heads at times. You know, I, I fully believe that those who have, have gone through shit and serious mud uh, have these little battles that, that continue to, uh, to happen. But from what little we have seen from you and who you are and what you're doing today, um, obviously it's, you know, it's multiple miracles and I'm, I'm grateful to hear your story and it is inspiring. And, um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to mention too, because, you know, when I do start talking about bits and pieces of my life, um, which always comes out, you know, certain stories come out, other stories don't, depending on, you know, what the, what the night is. Um, but it's important to talk too about the fact that just because I've gone through, say, you know, witnessing a suicide, it doesn't make somebody else's situation any less because you may not ever experience that in, in your life. That doesn't mean that what you're going through isn't hard or the worst thing that you're ever going to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. and whatever you go through deserves just as much respect and time for healing as somebody like say me who has dealt with that you know i mean it, it doesn't matter to each their own we all deserve that that time for ourselves to reflect and to heal and and to do what it needs to be done and you know to take that time however that length is to me that doesn't matter as long as you're doing it on a soul level that's that makes the difference you know we can't be putting band-aids on things so i just want to put that out there that Yes, I've gone through multiple things that were absolutely horrendous, but that doesn't make that any better or worse than what other people have gone through. Like we're all in this together. So 100%. the only thing I can say is now I have the tools to help others in multiple situations. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Well, and, and part of that, that I've been, you know, researching and learning about you and Josh is that, um, you know, you do a lot with, um, like you already mentioned, with counseling, but you guys have, have written a lot about this. Uh, you do public speaking and, and you try to motivate and counsel other people. So tell us about, you know, how um, how you guys do that together and and where where things, you know, where you guys work together to do those things and and what that looks like as far as you know, getting kind of like you mentioned, meeting people where they are with the mm -hmm. tr trials that they're going through. Yeah. So um, the motivational speaking was actually something that Josh started about 20 years ago. And he was doing schools um, anywhere from middle school all the way up to colleges and corporations and all that. And then when we met, um, I was already doing it on a much smaller scale, like, as I said, dealing with the, the youth and everything. Um, we just kind of joined forces with that and started speaking together. Um, and that was honestly, that was short lived because we decided to move to Nicaragua and Josh was kind of um, burnt out at that point. I mean, both of us, I mean, it takes a lot of energy out of you when you're when you try to help people. Um, and that's that's nothing bad. Um, but when you truly want to help people, you have to give all of yourself. Um, so, you know, we did that for a little bit, but when we decided we were going to move to Nicaragua, um, we decided we were going to put that kind of on the back burner, um, and not necessarily do speaking the way that we were, 
but continue to help people. You know, we still get messages and everything. But um, we started doing a, a thing called Kick All the Ash, which is um, just prior to moving to Nicaragua, we were doing events in cigar lounges and we were promoting his book that he had at the time and also um, speaking to people one-on-one -on -one about the, the problems that they're having in their life. So we just kind of moved everything from schools and corporations into cigar lounges um, and helping people there because, I mean, honestly, like when you go to a cigar lounge, you're doing it for one of many reasons. And a lot of times it's so that way you can just chill and relax and kind of just take a deep breath from your day. So there's a lot of people that go that are dealing with their own their own stuff. Um, and we knew that. So we started going to the lounges and helping people that way. And um, now owning Dissident Cigars, I just see it as another opportunity to help people because um, starting this year, I'm gonna be traveling to all the territories, which I believe there's like nine or 10 territories. So I'm going to be going to a bunch of lounges and holding events. And I'm, I still have the opportunity to connect with people, which is great. So I can still talk to people one-on-one -on -one, and I hope that they still feel that same sense of acceptance from me and that, you know, they can come to me, they can talk to me, they can let off some steam and, you know, and it's safe with me and, you know, what have you. I mean, the past three years have been hell for many reasons. So it's just trans transforming what we did have going on and we're just moving it over into the cigar world. So yeah. that's where we are now with that is, you know, continuing to help people, but just in a different, in a different way. Yeah, that's... <laughs> with the whole cigar community. <laughs> yeah. And that's really cool because um, and it sort of ties into another question I had on my list. And we talk a lot on this show and we have for years about how cigars can, um, you know, that we sort of, we sort of call them the, the C's, the letter C's of cigars. And obviously, you know, there's camaraderie and there's compassion and there's, um, uh, of course, I'm forgetting a lot of them right now, but we, we sort of have this list of the C's of cigars and, where do you, what part do you think um it specifically in the in the lounges face to face with people what what part do you think cigars can play in building or strengthening or even repairing relationships well and i talk about this frequently so you know when you go to a bar everyone has a goal in mind you know they want to stare at the tv screens and watch sports and you know drink and have a good time and party and yada yada, yada. the amazing thing about cigar lounges is you're there for at least an hour um and sometimes there's there's no tvs and you're sitting next to somebody who's also lighting up a cigar and having an hour of relaxation and you know you could be sitting next to a cop and you can be sitting next to an attorney and you can be sitting next to someone that looks like me and you know we all have a common ground right there's something that we all have in common and i love finding that with people um because i've never really ran into anybody that hasn't been accepting of me and i know that will eventually happen but um i think there's a sense of um, you, you know, you talk about the C's, there's a sense of compassion um, in cigar lounges, in my opinion, you know, because people learn about each other. They learn about the things that they're going through and you do truly listen and you do truly want to learn about that other person. And, you know, just in the, in the world of, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, 
some of the, the greatest things I've learned has been because I've sat in a cigar lounge and I've listened to somebody who's owned X amount of things or has done X in their life or whatever. And I never would have learned those things had I not been in a cigar lounge. So cigar lounges have that unique ability of bringing people together and just talking and it's just a calm environment. I don't know that I've ever been in a lounge where it hasn't been a calm environment. Um, and you know, if, if there's a bad seat in there, they always work their way out, you know, That's they always true. get the boot some way or another, you know, so you're still with the people that you truly enjoy because they work themselves out one way or another. So, no, that's a good point. Most most good cigar lounges, the the people in there are pretty self policing. You know, if there's uh -huh. somebody in there who who is just uh, you know causing the conversation to go sour or you know something like that, they they typically the, most of the patrons usually uh, redirect that conversation back to something uh, either productive or or calming instead of uh, you know politics or or just something something that uh that nobody really wants to talk about other than that one person so they they yeah. you're totally right they either they either get the conversation changed on them whether they like it or not or they finally decide that they're not going to be be allowed to talk about what they want to so they they choose to leave so that's a good yeah. thing yeah and and what's crazy is it's always in a respectful way as well because i've seen it i've seen the bad seeds but I've never seen, a, you know, a quote unquote bar fight in a cigar lounge. You know, these yeah. people just respectfully get the boot and you go on with your life. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah, there's no there's in, in the movies, you know, there's there's bar fights in lots of movies, but you never see a cigar shop fight. Right. You never, you never <laughs> see a cigar shop fight. <laughs> yeah. Now, real quick I before... feel like the cigar lounge would be like the notebook, the movie notebook. That's oh, what there lounge. you go. There you go. I love it. Um, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say be, before um, I forget, I just want to um, encourage people to watch Sin's interview with um, Smoke and Tobacco. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. you talk about you and Josh meeting and it's freaking adorable. Um, so to get, get that piece, please watch them. Um, I encourage everybody to to follow what they're doing because when I started, like Matt, when I did this deep dive into who they were, um, they're the the word that comes to mind is love. Like they just want to love, mm -hmm. and they want to show love in in many different ways. You know, through speaking, through um, you know different charities or animals whatever it is, they're just all about love. And so I couldn't think of a better brand ambassador owner to, to come into this industry than sin. And I know this is more your baby than Josh's certainly. Um, but you guys are, are kind of this dynamic duo that, uh, that is just fantastic. So I just wanted to encourage people to watch the, the smoke and tobacco show with your interview. <clears throat> They've got a great, uh, Great backstory on how you and Josh met and got married. And yeah, totally. Uh, pretty crazy story. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. So all I'll um, say is it has to be pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if pancakes are involved, it's gotta be a it's gotta be a good story. I'm in. And yeah. I, I, I remember, yeah. 
So one of the th- you you already mentioned this in that you you haven't had because, and I'll give a little context here. You know, there's this sort of, and, and it, you've definitely seen this sort of pattern, or this this uh, old timey mindset over the recent years uh, dissolve away, and that's the this mindset in the cigar industry in cigar shops that people who go into cigar shops should look a certain way. They should act a certain way. They should, you know, there, and, and it's, it really has in, I'll say the last 10 years or so, that's really, that sort of old mindset is really starting to be challenged and even dissolve away in most cases. And you said that you haven't really encountered anybody, you know, um, you know, being being mean to you or nasty to you about the the fact that you don't necessarily fit the old time mold that a lot of people think about when they think about cigar shops and cigar or any mold for that matter. Yeah. Or any mold for that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So. What do you? I don't what, know if people are afraid of me. Maybe that's why. Maybe I come off as like the scary person. <laughs> and, well, and I so that's that's kind of where I'm going with this is. There are people who judge a book by its cover, and it they judge a book by its cover, not realizing that first of all, um, that cover may not be a cover that you're used to. But that doesn't mean the contents of the book are uh, not worth learning about. And mm-hmm. when you, as soon as you, for anybody who, you know, sees you and says, that person is not somebody that I would, that, that person's not in my wheelhouse. That person's not in my comfort zone. But then as it, knowing that it's not about, comfort zones it's not about any of that because as soon as you speak and anybody for that matter regardless of what they look like or where they come from is it's it's about who you are and your ideas mm-hmm. and your thoughts and your what you love and what you care about and and how do you and not necessarily in cigars because like you said you haven't had to deal with that in the cigar world but in other mm-hmm. areas of life whether it's just going to a restaurant or whatever how do you sort of um um i don't want to say combat that but how do you how do you deal with people who maybe don't treat you with mutual respect simply because you look different than they do how do you deal with that well i mean that takes that takes growth right so Mm. i mean if you were to ask me that same question gosh even like six years ago i mean people being rude to me or disrespectful would have crumbled me because I relied so heavily on what others thought about me. And then it was, you know, like we talked earlier with, with the suicide and everything, it was stuff like that that made me realize I need to stop caring what other people think because regardless of what I look like, I know I'm a good person. I know I have a great heart. I know I do great things. I know I go above and beyond. Why am I living my life to other people's standards? I'm not going to do that. Like I need to make myself happy. And when I started living in my own truth and 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 being a dissident, which we can talk about in a little bit too about, you know, what dissident means to me. 
um, that kind of stuff just started falling away. And I don't know if that is, you know, the universe playing a part and energies or whatever you believe in. Um, the more I had confidence in myself, the more that stuff started falling away. And I think that that's almost like something like people can just feel it. I really truly believe that just like when you can feel, you know, someone might not be the best person and your gut's just telling you like, no, like I just don't want to be around that person. I think yeah. the same goes for people who are genuine, great people. So it's, I mean, I really, even outside of the cigar lounge, I haven't had anything bad and I don't know why that is. I mean, I was even warned by people who I never should have listened to that be careful when you go to Nicaragua because they don't understand tattoos and they're going to think you're in a gang and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? And I get here and they're just fascinated by me, you know, and, and more so they care more about Josh's beard than anything else. So, I mean, it's just like throwing out that kind of stereotypical stuff, you know, like once you realize that's not what it's about, yeah. maybe I am being judged, but I'm not seeing it because I don't care. I don't give a shit. So maybe I'm blind to it now. Maybe I just, I don't know. Like, when I stopped caring about, oh, I can only have tattoos and, you know, these spots or I can't let them show, you know, because there was a time when I did care about that. When, I mean, even when I worked at the law firm, I was hired with tattoos. I had hand tattoos and I'm thinking I got to cover my arms up and everything. And the attorney actually stopped me and asked me one day why I was covering them up. And I'm like, I don't know. This is a law firm. Like I want to look a certain way. He's like, I hired you with your tattoos. What are you doing? <laughs> it, like, it dawned on me that people actually see me for who I am. Like, you know, they, they see my personality, they see my big heart. And so what I look like doesn't matter. In fact, it's more of like an invitation to people, I think, to to want to talk to me and, and, you know, they live vicariously through me is something that I've learned too, is these other people are afraid to do this because they're scared of being judged. And I'm thankfully past that phase of, I don't care if I'm judged. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is what you, if you don't like it, you can walk away. So. <laughs> well, and it's, it's two, two things about that. One is I'm, I'm so grateful for you that you were able to get to that mindset at a young age because I I was in my mid to late forties, honestly, before I got to the point where I, I was like, I don't care what I cannot keep putting energy into making sure people aren't upset by what I do or say, I can't keep putting energy into worrying about what people think about me. Um, and so I'm so grateful for you that you didn't have to, uh, that, that you were able to get past that at a young age because too many people go, go, you know, into uh, a, a great elderly age feeling that way and, and, mm -hmm. and living with that fear. And yeah. it's, it's just not, um, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And it takes the, life lessons, you know, yeah. you have to go through things like people are so scared of failing and um not living life perfectly and i'm the complete opposite i know like i've 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 been around enough to and i've been through enough things to realize that failure is absolutely okay in fact i need that failure 
or else I can't be who I am today. I can't be comfortable in my own skin today if I didn't go through this stuff. So you absolutely need the failure. You need the life lessons. You need trial and error. You need to, you know, try businesses and fail at businesses to learn what's okay and what's not okay to do. None of these things are bad things. They all make us who we are today. And ultimately our goal is just to be decent human beings and not hold these massive grudges because at the end of the day, we're all dying. You know, like every day (laughs) we're one step closer to dying and I could die tomorrow and I don't want to live miserably. I have this one life and I'm going to do it however I please. So, I mean, I don't do drugs. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not any of these things. So if you want to judge me for having tattoos, go for it. You know, there's way worse things in life. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what we had talked about earlier is growth. And I see so many people that are almost allergic to growth. And the people I acclimate towards are the people who are, who are working on themselves constantly, who see, you know, that, that want to learn something every day, that want to grow, that want to, you know, continue um, and, and embrace failure um, mm-hmm. and, and learn from that failure and, and move on. And those that process with other people um, in a healthy way, those are people that I just really acclimate towards. And it's sad when I see people that are just stuck in wherever mm-hmm. they're stuck. And uh, But they're and comfortable, like, and that's the and problem. Comfortable there. Yeah. Yep. And it's frustrating. They're, yeah. Even, I mean, they can be in their most miserable point in their life, but that comfort outweighs the fear of the unknown and you need the fear of the unknown. You need to jump without those wings. You know, you can't just be like, Oh, when I get those wings, I'm going to jump. You can't do that. You have to be uncomfortable. That's how you truly succeed is being uncomfortable. And I've learned how to like that feeling. So, (laughs) well, and, and you can, like you were seeing, you were saying about, um, you can, you can find, good and bad personalities or vibes regardless of who the person is or what they how they dress or anything so you can have you can have somebody who looks on you know on the surface maybe they look like they just stepped out of a magazine and everything is perfectly tailored and they got a you know beautiful smile on their face and you know look like they have the whole world put together and then you hear them you hear them speak for two minutes and you realize either A, they're they're it's all just an act and they're super unhappy, or B, they're an asshole mm-hmm. and toxic and you don't need to, you know, be a, it, it's one of those two things. And then at the yeah. same time, it can be somebody who looks completely different than what a, a person may say is quote unquote normal. And and say, well, you know, you know this, and, and you can have somebody who's covered with tattoos from head to toe, and again, where as soon as they, within five minutes of them opening their mouth, you realize they're either completely unhappy, or they're a toxic asshole. And with mm-hmm. with with you, it's you you hear you speak for not even five minutes, two minutes, and you're like, this person is warm, kind, giving, loving genuine open honest 
those are the and and it doesn't matter what somebody looks like or where they come from those are the characteristics that we should all hope to emulate to others and mm -hmm. that's where the whole you know cigar thing just becomes more part of it because most people who enjoy premium cigars most people who work in and around premium cigars have those kind of characteristics where regardless of what they may look like they have those sort of open honest unapologetic characteristics that that other people who become fans of premium cigars tend to gravitate towards like garrett said mm -hmm. absolutely i think that is a great segue into sin your dissident story. Yes. <laughs> Funny, and I see like Rob Clady popping up right now, who's like one of our best friends. He's like, what is a dissident? But it's <laughs> funny because he knows. <laughs> 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 because he's he's a very, very good friend of ours, um, actually comes to Nicaragua and stays with us and everything. So, but it's important that I do talk about what a dissident is to us because you know, without explaining that story from the outside, people can easily judge this. You know, it, it's the Coburns who came from motivational speaking and helping others to, oh, they're taking on this brand called Dissident. Like, are they completely changing their lives? Like, what is this? Like, are, are they fake? No. <laughs> you know, Dissident to us is just living in your own truth. I mean, I'm a dissident. Josh is a dissident. It's people who don't care about what society says. You don't need to be normal. You know, in fact, we live better when we can be ourselves, when we can believe in the things that we believe in without fear of what other people are going to say. So, you know, just like the cigar soapbox, stand on your soapbox, start talking about the things that you love and that make you happy because when you do that, more people are going to hear it and then they're going to realize it's okay to be that as well. You know, it just takes those acts and then more people start following. And that's how we're approaching dissident is we hope that more people see that you don't have to be this certain cookie cutter way to fit in with life or fit in with, with the cigar community or whatever it may be, you know, because I can't even tell you how many times we've been to like these amazing five-star restaurants sitting next to guys in suits, you know, and here we are with our like metal t-shirts on and we're just having a great time, you know, and it's because people know that's who we are and, and it doesn't matter, you know, and like, we, if you're a good person, we're going to love you. That's all that matters. So essentially that's what dissident is to us if if you are more comfortable in that suit and that tie that makes you you know it makes you feel good it makes you feel put together then fucking do it if yeah. you feel good okay. like this then you do it if you feel good you know living on a farm and doing that whole life then you do it there is nothing to be ashamed of with anything be your own dissident and just live your life i can't stress that enough just live your life stop living it for other people just live it for yourself because it is so short it is so short yes <laughs> yeah that is so true and there's it's it's funny because there's a um um it's a, there's actually a, a pastor friend of mine who says and and he's not like when you think the word pastor he's not what you conventional think of as pastor but he says and he said this in front of huge groups of people before he says and it sounds really dark and like 
uh, uh, depressing, but it's actually sort of meaningful when he says, life is a sexually transmitted disease with a 100% death rate. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> but he says he follows that up with, but that that actually isn't, that's not a sad statement. That's not a depressing state. That's a, that's, that should be something that motivates you to make the most out of every single second of it. Yeah. And, and yep. not just, not watching. just sit back and worry and or, uh, don't sit back and worry. Don't sit back and watch, get in the game and do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Truth. 100% truth on that. Right. And, you know, like STDs, you know, no matter what you do, people watch and it will spread. And if yeah. you continue to speak truth, other people are going to realize, like I said, that it's okay to be whoever you are. You know, you just keep making yourself happy and making decisions that you feel are right and make the best out of your life. So, and yeah. that's our goal. Just continue to preach that and hope that everyone's like, fuck yeah, I can be this. I don't need to be this way to fit in with these people. Because more than likely those people that you think you need to fit in with, they're actually watching you and looking up to you because you don't give a shit about that stuff. And, you know, I've, I've found that out quickly that, you know, it's the people who are like, man, I wish I could have these tattoos. I wish I didn't have to dress that way. I wish I'd have to, I'm like, man, I would hate to live in that city or in, in, in that town where you have to work at this place that doesn't accept this because of whatever. And I'm like, that's terrible, you yeah. know? But I mean, a perfect example of that is, you know, Josh works for another company that he's worked for for over 20 years. And he's done this looking the way that he does. Yet the grocery store that we would shop at would never hire him because of his tattoos. So how crazy is it that he can work for this massive corporation and be one of these top people there looking the way that he looks and being absolutely completely successful in so many things that he does that he can't get a job at the <laughs> local grocery store. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's the grocery store's loss. You yeah, know? it absolutely is. Yeah. Before we get onto fun stuff, and 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 trust me, Sin, this has been an amazing road down your life and uh, amazing. I want to give our viewers and listeners just a little bit of um, the the cigar story. So since coming on and being the new brand owner for Dissident, what has that process looked like for you? And what are you looking forward to the most next? It really hasn't been hard. Um, more than anything, it's just a matter of getting it kind of back on its feet again. So there's yeah. been a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So a lot of ordering and restocking and, and what have you. So there's been no challenges, I would say. Nothing's been like overwhelming or anything like that. It's just a matter of learning a different side of cigars. Um, so right now everything is in the factory, it's all being made. And we, we jumped on that. We, it was very important to us that everything was in alignment for when I start traveling. So that way there's no issues, you know, with anything. Um, there were small batch cigars that I moved into core line. So there's going to be more availability. 
Um, and I'm also working on a limited edition. So that will hopefully be out for PCA. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> and that one's a crazy cigar. And I've said it multiple times. I'm a little worried about it. Um, <laughs> because it's so different. It is something that I have yet to see in the cigar industry. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail cause that's going to ruin the, the mystique of it, but, um, I'm, I'm excited for it, but it's also like, oh my gosh, like how are people going to take this? So, um, that's a big thing that I'm working on. Um, it's important to me also to get a Connecticut out there. That's something that we don't have. Um, because Josh and I both, we have a larger following. And with that, there's been a lot of people that have come forward that have wanted to smoke our cigars. And it's really hard to tell them which one to smoke. So we're like, yeah, like these are all pretty heavy cigars. So, um, you know, I don't want them to be scared of cigars either. And I'm not stupid. I know that Dissident has a full line of pretty heavy cigars. So I don't want to scare anyone, anyone off. So I'm going to be working on a Connecticut soon. And, uh, yeah. So, and like I said, I'm going to be traveling this year, um, hitting some really good lounges and some of you, I know you guys saw the whiskey thing. So that's going to be coming up. Um, not going to talk about it yet, but that was, my, uh, that was going to be my next question. I was very excited to see that picture. I was very, I'm, I'm drinking whiskey right now. I was very, very excited to see that picture. I saw it pop up in my feed. I saw it pop What's up that? in my feed. I saw it pop up in my feed. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I immediately show it to Matt. And uh, I know he felt a certain way that we can't yeah. talk about here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I that was a big deal to us. Um, we really wanted to come out of the gate with something that was different and a way to say thank you for the fans who have been along way prior to Josh and I with Dissident and the people that continue to support Dissident and are excited that now I'm, you know, the owner. So this is a way of saying thank you. Um, it's not something that I'm going to sell. You cannot buy it. Um, a lot of money went into this, but it's going to be given. It's going to be given away. Um, there's going to be criteria to that, of course. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's our way of saying thank you for sticking around and continuing on this journey with us. So it's very exciting. I will give you a hint that Mr. Rob Clady that was on, it was like, what is a dissident? Um, he's actually a wonderful gentleman that owns many businesses and one of them happens to be making whiskey. So okay. nice. he made a guy. Nice. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering well, I'm, if you can just stop being awesome at <laughs> You know, just the list. You want me to ruin it for you? Like I could totally ruin it. For no, you. don't like, don't ruin it. <laughs> don't don't ruin it for me. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna become somehow or another. I, my mission is now to become Rob's best friend. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and get my hands on one of those bottles. Awesome, FYI. So you should follow both of them. The Clades are phenomenal. Absolutely. But yeah. I, Real quick, I will thing. say, because I know you guys didn't hear me, girls fart, girls fart. So if that'll take you or not. As, as, somebody, <laughs> as somebody with uh, with a 16-year-old daughter and a wife that I've been married to for almost 24 years, of course they do. Yeah. And they're really, <laughs> so they're good, and they're really good at it. <laughs> they're really good at it. Can't We're better sometimes. Yeah, honestly. Hey. <laughs> Now, Sin, you had mentioned about uh, traveling. 
are you going to be doing events at some point? Yep. Yeah. I'm actually already working on that. Um, so there is going to be events. There's going to be whoever reaches out. I'm going to try to make my way around all of the United States. Um, also working on some international things. So uh, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, definitely events. I, I mean, that's that's important to me. I want to make sure that, you know, the people that are buying these cigars, I want them to know that I'm there. You know, I'm not yeah. just this person that's sitting in the background. You can't talk to me. That's not it. I mean, if you're messaging me, I'm going to be messaging back pretty darn soon. It's going to be me you're talking to um, because that is important. If it wasn't for the fans and you guys, I wouldn't have a job, you know? So I owe it to everybody out there to be present and to show my face and to be around and to shake hands and break bread and make friends and family and not look at this as a business venture because it's not, it's, it's about meeting more people and creating a larger family. So. Well, and before we get to the, the, the fun segments, I I do have to, pop one more question in there just because we have over the last few years we've gotten to know James and Angela pretty well and and not as well as we would love to get to know them but you know they're super crazy busy and they do so much good so just talk to us about you know what it what it means to you guys to have a relationship with them and and be be a part of that that family of of uh of cigar people yeah it's it's actually pretty darn crazy because um you know, we could be offered any any brand and it would be awesome just to own a cigar brand. But the fact that I own Dissident and it comes out of Oveja Negra, like that is mind blowing to me. Um, they've been friends of ours, um, but we had no intentions of, of buying a cigar brand or having a cigar brand. We had no idea this was going to happen. Um, so I feel very blessed because Oveja Negra is is a factory that I've always loved. I mean, all of their cigars are just so great. No matter what you get your hands on, they're just good cigars. And it's because of James and Angela and because of their morals and their values and how they love their own factory. And I mean, I say this all the time, but if you don't have happy employees, you don't get good things that come out of that. And their employees are truly happy. You know, every time I go in there, they're dancing, they're laughing, they're having a good time. They're valued, they're seen, they're noticed. And those are so vital to any good functioning company. Um, so, I mean, again, that's all due to James and Angela. And on top of it, they're very particular with how cigars are made. You know, they're not, if there's even something that you may not notice, they notice it and things get sent back because they want to ensure that their cigars are top quality cigars right down to how the band comes off. And many of you know this because I've gotten it multiple times that whether you're smoking a Black Label, a Black Works, an Emilio or a Dissident, the bands in particular, they come off so perfectly. Like you don't yeah. have to worry about the wrapper falling apart or your, or your band tearing or anything like that. So there's so many things about this that just make me happy and feel good that it's it's this brand that I bought. I, I mean, I could not be happier. And on top of it, um, you know, when it comes to blending cigars, if I don't understand something, I have a phenomenal like master blender that's sitting right there that can help me or I can call him and he can walk me through it. And, you know, it's not me sitting at home going, oh, well, I think 
you know, that this leaf is going to go good with, with this leaf and, you know, this wrapper, whatever. It's not like that. I get to go to the factory. I get to sit down and I get to smoke these individual leaves and then I get to put them together and see how that works. And then I get to ask James, well, what happens after a couple, a couple months or, you know, aging or whatever it may be. So I feel just so blessed to be in the position that I am in and I don't take it for granted in any way, shape or form. I'm so glad that I'm hands-on and I have them as wonderful mentors. So yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah. Love it. Well, let's, uh, Garrett, is it time? Yep. Is it time? All right. Yep. Yep. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke Inn. Numero de los Muertos, episode 148. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? So I I went back and I watched some Numero, and I saw a common guess that I've never done. Okay, I like this. So that's the first kind of clueish type thing. The uh, statistics are between 2006 and 2016, 16 people in the United States died doing this. All right. So as always, viewers on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, if you guys have guesses, leave. Actually, I think it's just Facebook and YouTube. The comments show up. Twitter comments still don't show up for us. So, But uh, Facebook and YouTube, if you guys have guesses, pop them in the comments. Sin and I are going to play 20 questions with Garrett and try and figure out. So I'm going to go back here. Between 2006 and 2016, in the United States, 16 people have died doing this. Correct. Uh, okay. The answer is not Mickey Peck. The answer is not Mickey Peck. <laughs> well, that's good. He so, did He did make it through. He did survive. He did. He did make it. <laughs> uh, not drinking at the Great Smoke. Man, I am stumped. So the good the good thing is, Sin, we can jump in with like, we can sort of play 20 questions and try to get more information. So we try to narrow it down, like ask about act, different activities, different locations, different, um, you know, sports or workplaces, that kind of thing. I find it odd that it's like 2006 to 16. That is a little odd. That plays a part. Not putting crops in Fort Worth. <laughs> well, you do take your you do take your life into your own hands when you don't put the crocs in sport mode. That is true. true. Oh man, <laughs> slacklining is a great is a great guess. Um, that's not it. Cliff diving is uh, also a great guess. Um, it, it. Is it a is it a organized sport? Mm-mm. No. Um, 
Is it a recreational activity? Yes. Um, you Is sorry. It it, something. What'd you say, Sin? A recreational activity. I'm just thinking like smoking something because like, like vaping. Wasn't that like a big deal starting in 2006? It was. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was about when it kind of took off. Um, you said just the United States? Just the U.S. Hmm. Um, is this an outdoor activity? Yes. I'm sure there's places that have it indoors, but that's super specific, Mark. That is, Mark, that's very specific. Skate, skateboarding on the back of a car, like Back to the Future. Yeah. Axe throwing? Oh, axe throwing. Ooh, that's a great that's guess. A great one. You know what? And I've been meaning to, to look that one up, too. That's not it, but. Hmm. Um. Uh, is it, oh, is it skydiving? It is not skydiving, but we're, we're kind of getting there. Is it warm weather or cold weather or does it matter? Really doesn't matter. But when you think of it, you think of, <laughs> fucking Jay, uh, think of it in <laughs> warm weather. Man, American sports, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, these guesses coming in are getting really close. Not bungee jumping, not hang gliding. But maybe um, if if you were to combine those. What's the what's the thing when when like people go to a resort like in Mexico and they go on this boat where the boat slowly lets out this long oh, rope? Yeah, yeah, that's paragliding. Paragliding. Yeah, and that's not it either. That's not it. My wife and did that once. For the win. Did Jay get it? It's zip lining? It's zip lining. Wow. Man, I've done that a few times. I've done that here with uh, no regulations, and I made it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But there's you know, no yeah. papers to sign. There's yeah, nothing. No they lift the up. They're like, bye. They <laughs> <laughs> have Josh upside down. <laughs> On a 10-year average, only 16 people, that's pretty good odds. That, well, but yeah, did you that's, die? That's but did you funny. die, though? But did you die? <laughs> Josh's famous quote when I'm like, what's this driving? But did you die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Good job, Jay. Well done. Well done. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right, so let's get into our lightning round. And our lightning round is sponsored by J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information, please visit 
their uh for more information on their cigars or their visitor experience please visit jcnewman.com and as you guys can see on the screen right now today is the last day so you have until midnight tonight uh i believe it's midnight central time but i honestly don't know so just just go and enter uh go to howaboutthatcigar.com and on the right hand side of your screen you will see a graphic very similar to what you're looking at right now click on the red enter to win button and you can win that beautiful diamond crown crystal whiskey set with whiskey stones so go to enter that now at howaboutthatcigar.com so uh, Sin, we have some fun non-cigar related questions for you. Awesome. So if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? One living person. Oh, man, that is a good question. Does that I mean, can it be like someone I know personally? Yeah, it can be anybody. anybody. Okay, because I mean he's listening. I keep talking about Rob. I'm sorry, Tamra. Like I'm not trying to like steal your husband or anything, <laughs> but like that man just like blows my mind, and I just want to be in his head for ten minutes because like I've been around him enough to know that like his gears are just constantly turning, <laughs> and he like, comes out with like the most random coolest shit ever. So like if I could just like get inside his head and just really listen to him. I I think there'd be a lot more I've learned with my life. So, like, he's just such a great person, and I just want to know what goes through that magical head of his. It's (laughs) it's always those those high-functioning idea people that you want to, like, just get in their head for a few minutes to find out what's going on. And and I got to say, as an outsider, and I don't know Rob at all, after you gave him such a, you know, uh, huge talking up, um, in between things, I looked him up on LinkedIn and I too would like to be in his head for 10 minutes. This dude has done everything. Nice. Yes. He's one of those people that even Josh is like, <laughs> just like listening to, you know, cause like you got to level up to be with this guy because I mean, he's just phenomenal. And he's, you always want to like surround yourself with people where you feel like the lowest one on your totem pole because that's oh, yeah. how you like seed in life and that is like us constantly around those two people like <laughs> we're just like wow <laughs> nice so the next question i have uh is this if you were about to get into a fight what would your soundtrack music be <laughs> <laughs> can i okay so i'm a huge fan of um I'm, I'm a huge fan of not fighting, number one. Yeah. I'm also a fan of dirty dancing. So I'd really like to just throw them off balance by just playing the dirty dancing soundtrack. Oh, that is such a badass answer. I can't even take it. Because, because they just sit there and they go throw punches and they'd be like, she's like the wind. What? I'm like, yes, just listen. Oh. And I, then I'd Somebody else I said love it. something similar with like, you know, circus music or or something to just confuse them so that they could run away. Yeah. You know, so that's yes. not the first time. Um, and I don't know if this is you how listen I to punch <laughs> Do you ever listen to Crime Junkie? 
Oh my gosh, that is one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> uh, what is it? Stay weird, stay something, stay alive. Or be weird. Uh -huh. Yeah, basically be weird so that you're not you're not a potential victim. And uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, be weird. I love it. Well, I'd just be the one they take back out of the trunk. They'd be like, "Get this trunk out of here!" Because <laughs> imagine if somebody comes up and challenges you to a fight, and you say, "Okay, hold on one sec." And you just take your Bluetooth speaker and you set it down, and you you push a button on your phone, and all of a sudden you hear, "Now I've had the time of my life." That would just—they <laughs> would be so confused. They would be like, "Just, just go, just, just." You're like, "No, jump into my arms! <laughs> jump into my arms! Let's yeah, do jump. this!" Jump. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So this next one, I'm going to actually jump into one of our later lightning round questions. So if you actually know, I'm going to ask this one. Who was oh. your number one when you were a, a kid or a teenager? Who was your number one celebrity crush? Patrick Swayze. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you had to have known that answer. I've been talking about Dirty Dancing now forever. So Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Swayze. Yeah, that's probably the only person Josh is jealous of. <laughs> Ghost. I love that man. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's um, let's now jump into our notable smokable for the week. And as always, notable smokables brought to our brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, Sin, each week we name a cigar that we've smoked recently that was interesting to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market forever that we tried for the first time in a long time, or it could be something brand new that we just tried for the first time ever. Now, obviously with Dissident, you're smoking mostly your own stuff, but do you get a chance to go outside of your own brand? And did you have anything recently that was, that really kind of caught your interest? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually at TPE and I had the, and I can't remember the exact name. It was the Atlanta, Atlanta ATL. Oh, what is that brand? ATL. Oh, ATL something. cigars. Yeah. 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 Black, Black Magic. Yeah. Yes, that one. Like, just reading the profile on all those cigars, I was like, whoa. And so I got to smoke them. I mean, like, just mind-blowing. Like, I mean, that's like favorite, like, tobaccos you just never see being put together. So, I mean, that was a very unique experience. So, like, big props to them. They're, they're doing great. Nice. Um, Coming out of the Perchardo factory. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wish I knew more about them, but yeah, I got to meet them in person, and they're they're wonderful people. So yeah, uh, Garrett, what was your notable this week? So I'm going to preface this by saying um, <laughs> we had talked to Coop and some others about aging padrones, and uh, yeah, some of us, you know, had said that yeah, padrones are intended and meant to be smoked right away. And some of, you know, the people on this discussion were saying you don't age Padrones, you smoke them right away. And uh, Coop was the biggest proponent of never age a Padron. They're terrible when you age them. Um, but during the Great Smoke, I dug into the humidor to bring down a couple of special cigars. And one of them was a 2000, uh, it was a 21-year-old Padron 1926 Maduro. 
Yeah, I. <sighs> yep. Cool. You are. You are wrong. You're just wrong. Uh, that cigar was one of the best cigars I've ever had in my life. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And it's. It's. I'll say this. And I'm not saying this to to like, you know, be the easygoing sitting on the fence guy. I'm saying it because I think it's true. You're both right. And what when I say you're both right, I don't mean that Coop is right when he says, or anybody who's right who says uh, padrones are terrible when they're aged because they're not terrible when they're aged. But I think what he's getting at is that they're really, really good when they're fresh from the factory. They're really, and they, he's right. They are, but I think they can also be really, really good when they've aged for a really long time. Yeah. And that one was, it was, and it didn't lose any of the pepper. That's the thing that I was expecting it to lose potentially some of the pepper, but it, the, the one thing that it had mellowed out was the actual strength. The, the nicotine of that 26 can sometimes really, really do you in. And it was fantastic um, nice. so how about you well, matt my notable this week was actually one that we got at the great smoke and it's from a brand you know it's sort of like one of these legacy brands that we get so caught up in the new new of all the you know newer smaller boutique brands and stuff like that which are all great but sometimes going back to the legacy brands that have been around for a really long time you know we sort of lose sight of that and I smoked the Don Lino Maduro from oh. Miami Cigar and Company. I had I realized I hadn't smoked a Don Lino in 10, 10, maybe 10 years. It's been ages since I've smoked a Don Lino. Yeah, me too. And that cigar, it, it's crazy how, you know, they say that aroma is like one of the strongest sense, uh, senses for memory. And it did, man. It brought me, I was like, Oh my God. I remember like what this cigar, I remember sitting in a, in a lounge like 10 years ago, having a conversation with a guy about like it bullshit. And all of a sudden I'm smoking the cigar yesterday, last night. And all this, it just all came back to me. It was crazy. So, and it's, it, it tastes the same as it did 10 years ago. It's still got that same flavor profile. So, um, yeah, it was just sort of another example to me to not kind of not forget about some of those brands that have been around for a while because it really kind of, uh, you know, kind of knocked me out a little bit. Like, wow, yeah, this is still, it's still what it was back then. So that's good. Um, so that was this week's Notable Smokable brought to us by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. So real quick for our viewers and listeners to give you guys an idea of some very cool stuff we have coming up in the next couple weeks. Next Monday night, so we're already into March, if you can believe it, we are going to talk to Brian and Angelo from Founders Cigar Company, uh, which we got to know them a little bit at the Cigars and Baseball event uh, last year. Uh, and excited to kind of get the full story about their brand and how they got started. And then following that on the 14th of March, we're going to talk to our friend Michael Herklotz from Ferry Otago again on the show. Always one of our guests that we love having back on the show. Um, so, Sin, to give our viewers and listeners a final idea, where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with you and Dissident Cigars? Instagram. 
Okay. Right on. <laughs> Definitely Instagram. Yeah. Both dissident cigars underscore official. Um, and then my personal one, Sin Coburn. So yeah, I'm, I'm heavy into social media because I understand the value in that. So yeah. Nice. The first place to go to. Yeah. Nice. Well, Sin, on on behalf of uh, everybody and, and all our viewers, uh, we just want to say thank you so much for being on the show tonight. We we have loved every second of it, and we can't wait to talk again more and just Aww. learn more about you and who you are. And uh, we wish you fantastic success and cannot wait to see you uh, at the PCA Trade Show this summer. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So again, for all our viewers and listeners, guys, we are so grateful to you for being with us on the show here live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, if you listen after the fact on the audio podcast, please just make sure you remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Uh, give us a fat five star rating because, you know, we just love those fat five star ratings. Um, and if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, please email us on the website. How about that cigar dot com? Make sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, as always, burn cigars. Not bridges. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.